You're listening to a podcast brought to you by international law firm Trowers and Hamlins, combining market sector thought leadership, advice, and ideas, helping businesses and governments prepare for the future. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trowers and Hamlins, celebrating 10 years in Birmingham podcast. My name is Amadeep Gill. I'm a partner in our commercial team in the Birmingham office, and I'm delighted today to have with me Craig Cooper, the director of the Commonwealth Games at Birmingham City Council. In our review of our 10 years, we'll be looking at all the things that make the region special and what the future has in store for us. And what a better place to start than with Craig, who is arguably leading one of the biggest things to happen in the region for a very long time. Welcome, Craig. Amadine, hello. Uh, thank you. Um, it's great to know you, um, and, and I have known you for a very long time, but could you just set out a, a little bit of your history and how you ended up at Birmingham leading such an auspicious event? Yeah, hi. Um, I come from a background of running large-scale complex programs, uh, particularly in the public public sector. And I've worked both within the public sector and working to the public sector uh, over the last 20 years. And I've been involved in a a whole range of projects, both in local government and in central government, of varying different shapes and sizes, from large-scale capital programs through to uh, very complex programs delivering outcomes in the community. So uh, having the opportunity a year ago uh, to be invited to the interviews to to take over this role, it was an opportunity I just had to jump at, especially uh, knowing it was coming back to the the city of my birth uh, and and very much being part of making the city come alive, helping the city come alive uh, as we show ourselves off to one and a half billion people around the world. Whilst we will all have heard about the Commonwealth Games, not everyone will have heard about the history of it and its significance. Can you share a little bit about that with us, Craig? So next summer, we'll have 11 days of sports in the city, uh, 19 different sports. And it's a, a, you know, it's a, it's a celebration of athletics uh, for the 72 nations and territories uh, of the Commonwealth. And it will be a fun, not only just a fantastic opportunity for athletes to showcase their skills and capabilities but also an opportunity for us as a city to very much come alive and there's no more importance can be placed on it as part of this covid recovery but as we go into 2022 we're going to see a whole series of celebrations as we go through the year you know uh, naturally in early june we'll have the the celebrations of the platinum jubilee we know that it's 100 years centenary uh, for the BBC. And we're expecting to build through Festival 22 nationally uh, a celebration of, uh, of what is great about this country. And what we will be doing in the city is a, a consolidated period of, of cultural activities and a cultural programme prior to the Games that is very much there to make the help the city come alive and as we've always said, this is a games for everyone. And it's not just about sporting endeavours. It's about how we, as a people, are able to come together and celebrate it ourselves, but also show ourselves off to the world. 
How absolutely exciting. And I'm sure there will be a, a, a real buzz about the city and across the UK when the games are on. But going back to your comment about a games for the people, can you talk about the benefit that the games will have on the region and the long lasting legacy that both the council and other stakeholders are trying to create? Yeah, um, that's that's so fundamentally important to us. The, this is a once-in-a-generation opportunity. It's given us a chance to accelerate regeneration across the city, the region, showing off world-class venues, um, improving transport infrastructure uh, and housing. Um, uh, part of that has been the redevelopment of um, the Alexander Stadium and, uh, and housing in Perry Bar, uh, new sprint uh, routes into the city centre from a transport perspective and refurbishment of, uh, of train stations. But it, it's more than that, and it's more than Perry Bar. We're, in many other parts of the city and in other parts of the region, we're also using this as the opportunity to, to lay the groundwork for how we as a city will, will accelerate that generation into the next decade. You know, we've Smithfield, which is very much in the heart of the city, is being used by the games for beach volleyball and three-on-three basketball, and we'll be running cultural live sites from there. Immediately after that games, after the games, the 17 hectares of Smithfield will turn into a massive regeneration um, and a, another opportunity that's also linked to HS2, uh, Curzon Street, and, 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 and everything. Uh, about that development just makes it all come alive and link together. So this is very much a moment in time and a stepping stone. But by having the games, we've been able to uh, concentrate and accelerate some of that regeneration. That's one area. It's also a catalyst for change as the city and the region moves forward as a cleaner, greener technology and knowledge-based economy, providing opportunities for all. And that is fundamentally important to us that the stimulus of having the games uh, for every four pounds that are spent in the city uh, the city has funded one and the other three pounds are coming from central government and it's been a, a massive investment just games related to, 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 to about a billion pounds in all now creating a lasting legacy for the community is key to this for us as a people, our identity, uh, for inclusion, uh, and for us as a, a proud host city. And it isn't just something how, how we prepare and uh, and sort the city out and get ourselves ready for the party. It is about civic engagement and how we as a people will continue to use the, not only the facilities that have been built, but some of the ways of working that we develop beyond the games. I know we're creating new opportunities for volunteering, and through that uh, there'll be skills and employment opportunities as well. And we're doing a tremendous amount with partners to, to make that happen. But again, this last year has taught us um, an important lesson, more so than any other time, about the importance of encouraging more physical activity and and focusing on our um, uh, on our well-being and improving well-being. And, and, and this again, leads itself to that agenda. Enhancing the regional, national and international partnerships, but to provide a long-term legacy that provides prosperity for the people of Birmingham uh, and the wider region.
fundamental. And this is, so we're not just running the games for 11 days of sport. The games is very much a, an anthem um, and very much how we use uh, the opportunity to show who we are, not only to the UK, uh, but to the Commonwealth, and as a platform to project ourselves, you know, being bold about who we are, being progressive in our thinking, and demonstrating that we are at the forefront of, of a hell of a lot that's going on in this country. Absolutely. It sounds like a, both a social and economic uh, legacy that will be felt by the region going forward. And that, that's wonderful to hear. But just dwelling on um, the impact yeah. of the pandemic, which uh, has been disproportionately felt by young people across the UK. And as Birmingham, you know, one of the most youthful cities um, across Europe, what do you think the impact of projects like the Commonwealth Games and other projects that you've mentioned, like HS2 Smithfield and the other big investment initiatives, um, what do you think they will mean to the young people of the region um, and their futures over the next decade? So I think it, it's worth just pausing and, uh, and and just focusing on who we are and what we're about. You know, this is this is a catalyst for that broader delivery and um, for our, our broader ambitions for the city. Yeah. It, it is worth noting who we are. You know, we're an entrepreneurial city. Uh, we're, we're a place where people are keen to learn, come to learn, to work, and large institutions have made significant investments in the city over the last 10 years. We're an aspirational city. And for young people growing up in it, yes, you know, an average age of 32 makes us the youngest city in Western Europe. And that's reflective in in our heart and our soul, you know, being a great place uh, to live, to work. And the opportunities of next year are just a, a very much providing that environment for, for our community to continue that next step on our journey. And we see other big investments like um, HS2 that are going to help along the way. But it all creates opportunity. But it isn't just, dare I say, it isn't just about young people. We have 108 different languages spoken in Birmingham, um, 180 different communities. This is very much a games for all. And this is about reaching out to all parts of the community and all ages of the community. And and it's just how, how we... What's really important is how we reach out to them and how we make it work for them. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, you, you'll know more than many others uh, around the role that we as a city are taking in leading and tackling climate change. It, it's really some really difficult subjects and some really difficult issues and things that clearly the younger generations have a different focus on. Well, the sustainability that agenda that we're laying out for the Games isn't just for the Games itself. It is very much part of a the region's approach to being serious about its role in the world that we live in. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really heartening to hear all of that, Craig. And thank you for setting that out so, you know, articulately. And, and I just kind of want to zoom out for a moment and look at the kind of bigger picture of everything that's going on as well. And there is so much talk about the levelling up agenda from this government 
and the the impact that that will have on regional economies um, such as the Midlands. Now, from your perspective, what what is the positive impact that that agenda could have on the region? On top of all the the amazing things that you've already articulated, because I think the region really seems to have you know come alive, so to speak, um, and you know been a hotspot for a lot of significant investment, including the Commonwealth Games. How do you think that yeah. agenda will assist in that? So the we know that the bids are still being um, submitted for the levelling up agenda uh, as we speak, and and we know that they're not going to be assessed um, until the. In, uh, for another month or two. Having said that, it's probably just worth reflecting on the city and where it stands. Now, we have over the last 30 years seen significant investment in other in, in other regional cities. Cities that are smaller in size than ours have less opportunities than ours, but seem to have been able to um, attract levels of the, uh, investment that are disproportionate. And the levelling up agenda, whilst important, is will assist us in in reflecting and being who we are uh, as a community. You know, at the the heart of the UK, we are 1.2 million people live in and around Birmingham, a, a strong, vibrant economy. Clearly, HS2 will bring uh, a different climate of change and wealth into the city. But it's how we in the West Midlands, whether it's um, ourselves in the city, Transport for West Midlands, the combined authority, how we work with the government departments. You know, we're working very closely with the Department for Digital Culture and Media and Sport. We're working closely with the Department of Investment and Trade. Um, um, The combined authority are leading a program around business and tourism. uh, And that's all part of the Commonwealth Games agenda. and we know we're going to get one and a half billion people around the world tuning in and watching the opening ceremony and seeing uh, the sports across the West Midlands uh, during next summer. But this is very much the opportunity to show ourselves off to the world and really project ourselves to communities that probably don't know who we are or what we're about. So a phenomenal opportunity to lay out our narrative to the world and, and to our trading partners and to other people across the United Kingdom. So it's a fundamentally important opportunity that Next Summer provides. So the levelling up agenda, while important, has a different focus. And I don't really want to dwell on that or try and take the focus away from that. But more so than at any other point, and I mentioned this at the, the beginning of our discussion, COVID-19 has created the impacts on the city that have been significant and deep. They have affected us all in many different ways, personally, economically, and the opportunity of 2022 and the opportunity for us to come out and explain who we are and showcase ourselves to the world and for us to come together and have that social cohesion of coming together really is a powerful opportunity. So because of of COVID, it is now more important than ever. And as we move into the summer and as we get closer to the Olympics this year, increasingly it's looking as if the first major multi-games event after the COVID pandemic will be the Commonwealth Games. And it will be the first time that when 
uh, many of these athletes have been able to compete in, in front of large crowds. And it just gives us a perfect platform as a city uh, to project ourselves. And notwithstanding um, levelling up and everything that goes with that, this as an opportunity in itself is now more important than it ever was. Absolutely, without uh, a shadow of a doubt, Craig. And thinking a little bit further about the pandemic and its consequences, it also gave us the opportunity to reflect uh, and be grateful um, and to acknowledge all those people that make our lives go round, whether they be, you know, key workers in the health service, the delivery people, the people that collect our waste, they, they all play such a fundamental role in keeping society going. And they are truly the unsung heroes of the pandemic. But if you were to look around you in terms of what's happening in the Midlands and those individuals that perhaps don't get the acknowledgement and the praise that their their work and their efforts warrant. Could you think about a group of people or somebody who has contributed and achieved a lot and perhaps hasn't got the recognition that they so rightfully deserve? That's a really, really difficult question, Andrew, to try and pinpoint an individual. I think what I have seen and I have had a, you know, quite a narrow focus over the last year since coming into Birmingham, and is seeing a group of people who have reacted really quickly to the changing environment. And it has been an ever-changing environment. You know, we've we've had a a number of different ways we've had to react and deal with them in, in different ways, and being responsive, being on the front foot. Um, the attitude that I've seen in the public sector in Birmingham has been exemplary. The, the, the can-do attitude, the ways of working, the opportunity to just get on and make it so is a spirit that has just allowed city services to continue. You know, our, our refuse has continued to be collected. The streets have, have been maintained. Okay, we, we all haven't been out on the main streets the way we were, but Anything and everything around city operations has just carried on undimmed. We've seen the challenges in social care, phenomenal challenges in social care, and it's a, a market that, and an area of life which is largely uh, run by private sector organisations. But them and the public sector entities have worked hand in glove in a way that we could never have imagined. Now, it goes without saying how the NHS has had to react and adapt and how it's been responsive and the pressures that it has placed on employees, it's clear to all of us it's been significant. So trying to pinpoint a particular area is really, really impossible. But something we tried to do during the pandemic is recognising the need to just keep going. Our, our construction partners on all of the big key sites, particularly uh, the Perry Bar Residential Scheme, particularly Alexander Stadium, across at the Aquatic Centre in Sandwell. There have been pauses, but those on those sites have reacted quickly, adapted ways of working, and continued to create opportunities in the construction sector when that whole sector was at a standstill and where there were no employment opportunities. You know, I think I saw the statistics a couple of days ago where we, we've had thousands roles in construction and that's a a significant number of jobs into the economy continuing to sustain activities at a point when 
the rest of that industry has come to a grinding halt and just stopped. So the perseverance of that, that part of our community has been phenomenal. But it would be wrong for me to just take one and just highlight one. Um, I'm being humbled at Amity by the people that I've come across and the people I've met week in, week out and heard the stories about not just the personal challenges, but how they've made the commitment to keep services going and, and keep focus on, on residents' outcomes, which is phenomenal. Thank you very much for that, Craig. It's absolutely from me too. I think the public sector family has been absolutely extraordinary in terms of the commitment and resilience it has shown during the pandemic. And one final question from me, Craig. Now, whether it be on a a global, uh, a national or regional scale, leadership is absolutely going to be fundamental going forward. Um, Have you got, slightly unfair question, but have you got any ideas on leaders of the future? That's a really, really good question. And I could just pick out the name of uh, someone uh, who's emerging in the West Midlands. I think what is absolutely key is the challenges that we across Birmingham, the West Midlands and nationally are going to experience over uh, the next decade are going to be very different to what we've seen over the last two or three decades. You know, we've, we've got a phenomenal economic challenge ahead of us. Global stability remains something our priorities and what's important to us has changed significantly. And as we as a nation are thinking about what our identity is and, and recognising that our past is our past and we can't go back and rewrite our past, but, but recognising that we are respectful, recognising that we're inclusive and giving opportunities uh, for people to make an absolute difference. I have been amazed and impressed, um, astonished in some instances by just the energy and vibe that I'm seeing from people in their teens and their 20s. And whilst I don't have an individual that I can hold up to say this is someone that I'm looking to in the future, I can just see that the attitude that the younger generations have towards who we are and what we're about that we're in safe hands, um, just respectful and mindful of that. And I look forward to seeing whoever comes forward and takes us on the next journey. Wonderful. Thank you very much for that, Craig. It's been great listening to you and understanding more about the Commonwealth Games and the huge impact that will have on the region, not only during the Games, but long after. Now, thank you very much. On behalf of Trouser Namlins, thank you for joining us for this episode of the 10 Years, 10 Stories. We look forward to future episodes. Thank you again, Craig. It's been a delight. Thank you, Andy. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Trowers and Hamlins. Find us at trowers.com and join in the conversation on Twitter at Trowers or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram.